0: Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports, as well as anything and everything in between, worth some action, and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go.
1: All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 26 of season five. My name is Jim Weglars, aka Wegs. You can follow me at WEGSPOOL on Twitter and on Instagram.
0: And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts.
1: Follow the podcast at SideActionPod on Twitter and SideActionPodcast on Instagram. Sorry, Action, I was a little quick on the intro there. I saw you're taking a sip of the beer. Good for you. Um, what are you drinking there? Oh, Buffalo, a little cocktail.
0: Buffalo Trace on the rocks yeah. and the uh, Circa glass for the listeners. Oh, there. Getting ready. ready. Two weeks from today, we'll be drinking at Circa.
1: That's right, two weeks from today we will be in Vegas more on that later, but yeah we are we were just talking about it before the pod I should be in the air by now. you will probably be maybe on the ground by now or close to it, so you know we've already communicated with Dempsey I know uh night ranger and then we, we obviously have you know the prime time art Murphy he's gonna be out there ready to roll well, as long as we can get some get some numbers, we'll feel pretty good, right
0: mm-hmm. yeah, dice numbers, not
1: yeah. Yeah, sixes and eights. I mean, sixes and eights, right? That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to get you in trouble, actually. I don't want to get you in trouble with Melissa. I can get as many numbers as possible, so, <laughs> so can Night Ranger and the game. So and I don't know about Prime. We'll talk about that later, but that's another whole discussion. So he can, he can text me after listening to this. So on the weekend, uh, we mentioned, you know, the big game, Purdue-Indiana. Obviously, your dad was over with your parents were over watching. We talked about he didn't bet on uh, Purdue, the home team. Right? Or he did bet on Purdue, the home team. He didn't bet on Indiana, the road team, which got the big win. Uh, and they won pretty convincingly, actually, in that game. Yeah. So what was the reaction of the family at home?
0: Well, I mean, it was uh, probably one of the most dominating, impressive performances of the college basketball season for Indiana to go on the road and win that game at Purdue, which has been really in the top five since January and held the number one uh, poll ranking for several weeks this season to go on the road and just, like, totally take care of them in the second half was really impressive.
1: Yeah, and, of course, uh, we'll talk about our pick later, but newsflash, they fell on their face the next game. But
0: more on that later. (laughs)
1: Um. Thankfully,
0: it was a family wager on Purdue, but thankfully the family also all wagered on the over, which we did give out on the podcast as well, and that came in pretty easily, so... It was a, a
1: wash. Yeah, anyway. exactly. exactly. No blood, no blood. Maybe a little big, but no blood. <laughs> um, so what was the rest of the weekend? The visit was nice. You guys had the yeah. folks up.
0: Yeah, we went to the Outdoor Arama show, which was held here in Novi, suburb, Suburban Showplace Collection. So we walked around, saw a bunch of vendors that were selling cottage stuff, fishing and hunting, uh, outfitters. I got to... Uh, Watch a little bit of a exhibition to how to skin a deer and mm. uh, and make the various steaks and stuff. So that was very interesting. I felt very close to my fellow Michiganders just by peeking in on the deer carving exhibition.
1: Wow, that's interesting. A little field dressing for you. I'm sure you're a yeah. yeah. practice in the garage. I hope. I need to um, work that... on
0: my verbiage. I think <laughs> field dressing. I like it.
1: Not that I've ever done it. I just watch shows. Uh, that's awesome. That's good for you. Well, you know, you're a Michigander now, so you got to get right. used to hunting, right? Um, How about you? Well, my, you know, I think I mentioned last week, little brother, uh, brother birthday on Friday, pretty chill at my mom's house. And then Saturday, I played volleyball on Saturday and Sunday, But, uh, and then I did watch with a friend who went to watch the game. Pretty cool place, I think I mentioned before, Pizza Lobo, a new place in Andersonville, very sweet, cool spot for pizza and drinks and Watched the game um, and then just, you know, went to Simon's, which is a stalwart here in the Andersonville area. And then I just kind of took it easy on Sunday. I, I wrote up, as you could probably see, I wrote up a pretty, pretty lengthy article on March Madness, kind of a mm-hmm. more or less a, a viewer guide, kind of get people and understand what's happening if they're not watching the games. And as you know, the Weggs Pool is live and well and open again. And so that kind of switches into my other mode for the next month. So I'm pretty excited about that. And then we had the big election yesterday. Actually, I'm sure you paid attention to that. So Lightfoot's out, out. I saw. But there's a runoff now. And, and my local older person election is also a runoff. So kind of a crazy time in Chicago politics. Just a lot of change going on. You know, it's good.
0: Who is the incumbent in Edgewater?
1: It? So, well, the guy retired. Oh, okay. I was um, wondering. So yeah, because
0: he's been the alderman for like 20 years. So.
1: Maybe more. Yeah, 25 maybe. Okay. Um, so it's cap man, right? Yeah. That, right. that, that doesn't cool. sound right. I don't know. Some guy. Um, He's out. So he's out, and then nine people ran in his place. <laughs> and so I don't know how it is in where you're at, but in order to win the seat, you have to win 50% or more of the vote. And unfortunately, nobody can do that when you have nine candidates. And that's the same with the mayor. I mean, Vallis got 37%, but you need 51 or 50.01% to, to win. So there'll be the runoff April 4th. And uh, it isn't Kaplman. I can't remember his name. But
0: yeah, it's, I think Kappelman. it starts with an O. Like a, oh.
1: oh, Osterman. Osterman. Yes, that's, right. that's his name. There's always a man in there. But uh, it was interesting. One of the guys from Affordable Housing, I know the guy he's he's running and he'll be in the runoff he, he got the endorsement for Osterman but you know it's like you've been in my area you've got like you know what lesbian business owner who's too, you know is very popular against like old guard white dude like you know even though he's not that old he's like 55 or something like you know it's it's an interesting standoff it's very similar to the main election like Brandon Johnson's like a progressive against Ballas who's like you know, older white dude has a lot of experience. So we'll see what wins out. You know, that has got to get to the polls. But I was actually this is not election talk, guys, but pretty poor turnout, to be honest with the action. You look at the numbers. Not that many people voted in the city. It's, it's, huh. it's democracy as we know it. That's the the main form. That you can you can make your make your voice heard by putting it at the polls. But
0: Well, hopefully in four years we can launch the Jim Weglar's automatic mm-hmm. campaign right here on the podcast.
1: I have been asked to do that. You know that I have a lot of skeletons <laughs> in the closet, um, but hey, you know what? If they want to expose me, that's fine. I'm sure everybody will love me for it. So, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, for alderman, president, whatever you want to put me in, let's write me in. So, <laughs> all right, well, let's get into college basketball action. Um, let's. I wanted to note a few games that weren't on our card last week just because there were some great, I don't know if you got to watch a lot of games with your parents over, but there were three incredible finishes. There were actually a couple more, but these were the ones that ended, you know, incredibly. Iowa was the first one, you know, down by like 10 points in the last minute of the game, closed the game to tie and then win and not only win, but covered in overtime. And the final score, 106 to 100. So we know Iowa's not going to play much D, but looks like they can score at will even on Michigan State.
0: Yeah, uh, we were at Outdoor Arama at that time, but both my dad and I had a a pregame wager on Iowa, minus five, (laughs) five and a half, I think. And we were following on our phones and writing it off when Iowa was down 11 with like 65 seconds left. And then they hit five three-pointers in a row, went to overtime. And uh, certainly a miraculous cover. You'll have to remind me of that one next time I bitch about a bad beat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. That was a great beat for you. And then the two buzzer beaters, and I was watching both these games. It was really exciting. So the Sun Devils, Arizona State, they were playing early at Arizona. It was weird. It was Pacific time, but they were playing at, like, noon or 1 our time in Chicago. So it was, like, 11 o'clock game out there or something. And um, this game, you know, was a nip-and-tuck game the whole way. Obviously, Arizona hit two free throws or split two free throws late. And then with two seconds, the kid from Arizona State hit a three-quarter court jumper to to hit the shot and the win walk off fashion it was incredible and that kind of vaults them into the bubble conversation they have a shot I mean yeah. I, I didn't think they'd be in but I know I think it's Lenardi's got him in and Jerry Palm's got him out so they still have a shot to make the tournament crazily
0: yeah it might be too a little too late they still have some work to do in Vegas for the tournament but I mean miraculous shot I don't know if you saw the replay off his left foot too wrong foot Cash, Mm -hmm. money. It was an incredible shot. I think that was his second buzzer beater this season, too. Same
1: kid. Wow. Give that guy the ball eight. And then this Florida State game, which admittedly action, I think I was on Miami in this game. Um, Miami was leading by 23 at halftime over Florida State at home, and they've been the class of the ACC besides Pitt this year. Just fell apart down the stretch. Uh, Florida State was just coming back, but Miami, to their credit, gritted it out. Hit a big three to go up by, again, go up by two with seven seconds to go. And then Florida State comes up the floor in the air, buzzer beater just over half. Boom, hit the three, 85-84 for another buzzer beater win. Florida State has no shot at making the t- or making the, the tournament, but it does kind of hurt the Canes a little bit in seating And it just tells you it's ready for March. March Madness, dude. This is crazy what happens.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Yeah. The other game I didn't put on here, we didn't mention, but the San Diego State and New Mexico was also a, a crazy finish. But San Diego State actually got the win, you know, even though they were kind of the pseudo favorite on the road and stuff like that. So ready for March. Now in our picks, you know, if you followed action, you could win six and three. So congratulations. If you followed <laughs> me, you went four and five. But uh, collectively went four and three, the ones we picked. Northwestern did come in early in the week. I will say it was an interesting game, and maybe well, Illinois kind of faded a little bit the last week or so, but first half, Northwestern was killing this team. They were down by – or Illinois was down by 18 at one point, yeah. and then they roared back at home, ended up winning the game 66-62, but Northwestern covered that 7.5 uh, pretty easily.
0: Yeah, I mean, another – despite the loss another really impressive performance from northwestern and uh that just made me step up and take more notice of them not that they haven't done that up to, leading up to that game but i mean they're going to be a very formidable opponents come march
1: yeah i mean we'll see how they play I mean they did lose to maryland this week too but they're tougher than they've been in the past for sure mm-hmm. uh arkansas they were eight and a half point dogs at alabama we talked about the angle of, you know, Brandon Miller getting kind of, you know, in the news. And, and actually, this happened more, I would say, I think it was Thursday night when the Alabama almost lost at South Carolina, which was a much bigger yeah. dog in this game. But Arkansas did. I mean, in this game, Alabama did have an 11 point lead. Um, but well let's, let's start. Arkansas led by 13 at the half. And I was like, oh, this is an easy cover for us. But then Bama roared all the way back. And they were just kind of dominating at one stretch. I think they're up by 11 or 12 in the game, but give the hogs a credit. They just closed the game strong and, and really had a chance to win again, or at least tie and lost the game. eight six eight three. So they cover the eight and a half for us on our pick. But, um, I was a little disappointed in the hogs last night though. They didn't, they didn't play so good last night, but
0: yeah, this team's same. pretty good. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. a tough loss for the, uh, Arkansas team last night on the road at Tennessee. I mean, the, the, uh, the big guy Nick Smith, I think, is just still getting back into the lineup a little bit, and I know that he's getting up to speed. But I think every single game that occurs, Smith is just going to be rounding more into form, and they're going to be a really good team in March as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's a freshman guard. He's he really takes the ball hard to the basket. He's a good player. Our other pick was uh, Baylor against Texas at home, and this one I wouldn't say rocking chair, but the Baylor led most of this game, and they end up coming fairly easy, easily, 81-72. Baylor at home, they can they can score it well. And Texas, as good as they've been, uh, seems to struggle a little bit more on the road. I mean, it's hard in the Big 12 anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could. I mean, I think Texas was up early, but Baylor took control towards the end of the first half, and then they
1: just never looked back. Right. In the Virginia-North Carolina game, you know, we talked about it's tough to pick a side in this one. Both these teams have been struggling. North Carolina did win the game. 7163, uh, but we we gave the under in this one, and I got to be honest with the action. I was watching this game kind of one screen had the Purdue game, the other one had this one. I thought it was I thought we we had it. It was like 125 with yeah I don't know a minute to go, and they scored all these points at the end. So um, I don't know. I, I think it finally went over. I think 133 in this one which is a bummer because, you know, I think I had 132 as well. So we didn't hit this one. We had the right idea, but I'm telling you those free throws at the end of the game are so hard to factor in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really tough, especially in a tight game. Like you, you just have to consider there's going to be another eight to 10 points. If that spread is in that window, it's really interesting because the window is like between seven and three, you know, if it's a tight, tight game, there might not be a ton of fouling. So it's just kind of a crapshoot at that point.
1: Yeah, when it's like a two possession game, it seems like they're hacking the hell out of the other team to see if they can miss a couple free throws. But if it's one or three, you know, it's like one possession, like one to three points. Yeah, they're just trying to play tough D. Uh, we mentioned obviously Purdue, the side didn't come in. Uh, Indiana covered the six and a half by winning 79 71. We already mentioned that they went over the uh, 138 and a half, So nice work action. Um, on the, in the St. Mary Zags game, yeah, this was a revenge spot as we mentioned. And it pretty much came to form. Uh Six and a half was the was the spread. Uh, the Zags won 77-68, so they covered you know with the nine. Um Are we sleeping on the Zags in March? This is the question. I know their defense isn't good, but they are like are they the number one offense? They're number one or two. They're really far up there in Ken Palm. I got them as number one the last time I checked.
0: Wow. I mean, yes. The answer is yes. They have been overvalued the last three, four seasons because they've played like a weak ass schedule and they've won almost all of their games. But historically speaking, this team with Mark Few as coach has overperformed when they've been lower seeded in March. And so I have an expectation that if they fall to that like three, four, five range, there's going to be some value on them advancing at least to the Sweet 16.
1: Yeah, they are roughly usually a three seed right now in most uh, most of the bracketologists. So we'll see how they finish. I kind of anticipate them winning the WCC. Maybe they go up to the two line, but there's a lot of competition on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned you know action was on fire. So San Diego State went to Boise State. I thought San Diego State would take care of business. They did in the first half. Uh, they were up by three and a half. And uh, But then, you know, Boise kind of shut the door on them offensively. You know, they shut down the San Diego State offense, and they won 66-60. So another – both very tough defenses. This is an under heaven, isn't it, these two teams? These guys are under teams. For sure.
0: Yeah, and really, I mean, we didn't talk about it, but San Diego State ended up locking up at least a share of the WCC title on Saturday night with the big three-pointer Against uh fred or New Mexico, New Mexico, and, yeah, and so I mean the game even had uh, less importance last night going on the road to Boise. Really, just a
1: tough spot for them. Right, and lastly we mentioned Indiana, you know, getting kind of crushed after that big win. Everybody was talking, oh, this could be a Final Four team. They come home and, bam! I mean, obviously we might have switched it after that, but I think the story is Iowa. Did Iowa? I mean, we've ta- I don't want to get too excited about Iowa having the Final Four last year, but <laughs> this is a team that can light it up. I mean, yeah. Chris Murray, I think he had like six or seven threes yesterday, and they won 90-68. to 68. That's two games in a row at 90-plus. Indiana's not a bad defensive team. They just couldn't stop the three-points barrage.
0: I think the most impressive thing about Iowa last night was the defensive performance that they they put on against indiana i mean they just gave (laughs) up 100 points on saturday to michigan state and they then come into bloomington where indiana is like the best shooting team in the country uh the home version of indiana and they went two for 13 from the three-point line i mean the only player that got to double digits was trace jackson davis and i um I, i was just incredibly impressed with their defense i don't know if it was the zone or just indiana having a um a letdown performance, but certainly surprising. I actually thought it was gonna be Iowa that would have the letdown after the big comeback win in the sure. last minute against Michigan State. So <laughs> Yeah, well
1: they they're on a hot streak. So <laughs> no we'll see if that continues this week and into the Big Ten tournament. So I just before we get into this week's plays, I just kinda of wanted to <clears throat> lay out for the listeners we've got a lot of small conferences that have already begun actually there, you know so when we say champ week or conference championship week, technically it's next week, but you know, when you get into this, really a lot of them start this week and this is when you can kind of look at, at spots. I know we don't do a lot of futures, but it's a good way for me when I'm getting ready for my tournament, you know, my pools, I am definitely looking at these games because these are the kind of teams you want to see who's going to be the team that goes to sweet 16 or at least get an upset possibility. Um, So, you know, obviously the, a lot of these schools nobody's ever seen or they don't see until this time of year. So, I mean, do you have any – you don't usually jump on futures on most of these leagues, right?
0: Not really. I, I occasionally will follow somebody in the Twitter gambling sphere on a pick here and there, but I haven't bet any conference tournament futures to date. So yeah. how about you? Have you got any hot picks? I'm not going to do
1: the futures. Um, I may get to the point where if it gets to the semis or something, I might do a couple money lines on a team. Sure. Um, namely the teams that I, I think are really good and, and you can get maybe a little bit better value, just money line over money line or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, some of the ones that have started, we've got the Ohio Valley, which traditionally was really strong, but there's been kind of a split up in that division. Like there were some teams that left. Yeah. Um, the Atlantic Sun is actually a good one to watch. They they started, and they have – so Saturday will be the first ticket punched in the OVC. The Atlantic Sun goes on Sunday, and that's Liberty. Now, they're minus 245 to win this thing. They're the best team in that group, but there's no guarantee that they're going to make it. Uh, there's a lot of people that like them you know, because their metrics are really good if they get to the dance to, to win a game, but – um, I definitely want to see some of, the, some of that, that team. I want to see Liberty play for sure.
0: I, I'm rooting for Kennesaw in that
1: oh, yeah. conference
0: because they've been like the doldrums of the OVC for so long. And they finally mm-hmm. have a good team this year uh, led by head coach Amir, Amir Rahim, who I think was a oh. former NBA player. And sure. So I, yeah. I kind of took a likeness to him in the NBA, and I think it would be cool to see them in the dance.
1: For sure. In the Big South, uh, they're going too. They they have their final Sunday. We we talk about Arch Madness. Arch Madness is uh, you know out of St. Louis. This is the Missouri Valley Conference. Again, there's been to some defections there. Drake is in there. Bradley's in there. There's some good teams. That Traditionally, I mean, those teams have done okay in March. You know, when they go to the Big Dance, I mm-hmm. so like to watch that. The Sun Belt had some good teams too. Um, their finals on Monday night. That's Marshall being the the favorite there. But there's some some teams that have won, you know, in the past out of that conference, like Georgia State and things like that. In the SOCON, you've got Furman. Uh, they're playing on Monday Monday night as well. Um, they're the favorite in that one. Do you like any of those? You're kind of highlighting or you just put your cursor.
0: Um, I, I just <laughs> wanted to mention, like, there's you mentioned it earlier, there's been so much turnover in the conferences this year, so you really have yes. to kind of look and see, like, Okay, who's in this, like Belmont, for example. I think they were in the OVC for so long, and now they've switched to the MVC. And they kind of performed above their heads this year, finishing third in the MVC. And I think a team like that could be an interesting dark horse as a debutant in the conference tournament.
1: Yeah, definitely, because they've obviously won conference tournaments all the time in in the OVC. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple other ones that are smaller, like the Horizon, the NEC, they're playing on Tuesday night. They'll be over Their finals are on Tuesday night. They'll be overshadowed by the WCC, which is you know the Zags and St. Mary's are expected to play. You know those the Zags and St. Mary's are Zags are minus 118 to win the WCC and and St. Mary's minus 106. Not a lot of value there. But I'm just curious to watch that. The Colonial has a good team. There's actually there's a very there's a possibility that both teams could make it in the Colonial. Their finals Tuesday night. Charleston is the favorite at minus 121, but Hofstra is basically have the same record at plus 155. And if Hofstra does win out, I think Charleston has a chance to still make the dance.
0: That would be really cool. It's got to be the first at-large
1: bid ever for the Colonial. For sure. Now the team that I really want to watch play is in the summit. They have a Tuesday night final as well as Oral Roberts. This team went undefeated in the summit, 18-0, tough for any team. I think they only have two losses on the season or something. And this is a team that can score. We've seen them do it in the past. They went, I don't know if it was Elite Eight or, or, yeah, I think it was Elite Eight a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to watch them. But, you know, there's some teams that can knock them off. I don't think they will make it, unfortunately, despite that record, if they don't win their conference tournament.
0: Yeah, and the star of that run to the Elite Eight, Max Asmus, is still on the team too. So
1: big score. That's right. Sorry, I screwed this up. Uh, That's the Patriot. Um, And and then on Wednesday, you've got the Patriot League, which Colgate's the heavy favorite, minus 250. And then the Big Sky, Eastern Washington. um, You know, is we'll see. I didn't get their odds on that one, but they're the favorite. And lastly, the Southland. There's no clear favorite in that one action. Take your take your shot. But that's another one of those conferences that has put in some teams. You know, I mean, Stephen F. Austin's out of that Southland group. Uh, so they can be a fun a fun conference to watch and, and make some noise and, and, you know, come later in March. And then next week you start the big ones. Uh, the ACC starts on Tuesday, and then all the other big ones are pretty much starting on the 8th, uh, which is on Thursday next week. So just keep it abreast. We'll talk a little more about it next week, and it'll, maybe it'll be a little late to be on Futures, but you can still get involved in, like, you know, there might be some, still some Futures during the, conference tournament but also roll money lines if you like a team
0: yeah i mean you know we talk about it year over year that when it comes to this time of the season sometimes you're much better off in just doing the money line rollover parlay as opposed to shopping for futures anyways so i mean if you like a team pick them out bet them on the money line and then just carry those profits over and over again oftentimes you'll fare better than if you bet it ahead of the tournament anyway
1: seem to recall a texas tech guy who a couple of years ago was Rolling money line. all yeah. the, the the finals there. Nice work action. Won some cash there. So let's go over the, the regular season games that we like uh, for the final week of the regular season here. Tuesday, Thursday, that's tomorrow. Uh, I put this one on here because Arizona is going to USC. This is a very late game for you. 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, Arizona is listed as a one point favorite at USC. USC's, really playing good right now. I know early in the season, I didn't think they were going to make it. I didn't even have on my tracker when I started like four weeks ago. And now they're kind of safely in the field. So this should be a pretty fun game in Arizona, obviously coming off that disappointing loss, but mostly on the road, Arizona's defense isn't that great. So I think this could be a pretty competitive game.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think I posted on here, Arizona minus one is the Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Line, but this one opened at minus two, and you've already seen a little bit of money come in on USC down to minus one across the board. So, right, uh, home team here getting some points against a uh, you know a mediocre favorite, I think, in Arizona. The way that they've played through the Pac 12 season has not overwhelmed me. So, I would only look to the home team here and USC.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm on USC here, too. I think you got to go with it. Uh, Then they're on a roll. Um, So we'll see how it shakes out. And, again, like we talked about last week, even though my angle didn't necessarily work for picks, I just like when teams aren't consistent, you know, especially winning and covering the spread, when in doubt, if they're on the road, you got to fade them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of the way I look at it. So on Saturday, there's a boatload of really big games. Uh, We'll start off in the Big 12. Kansas did win last night against Texas Tech, uh, so they guaranteed a share of the Big 12. Again, they win every year pretty much. But at Texas, um, the Longhorns can share in that title if they win this game. So Kansas uh, is opening as a two-point dog at Texas, which, man, Kansas, they didn't cover last night against Tech, Mm -hmm. but they've been kind of a covering machine And Texas is rugged. I don't know. Do you think that there's just a little lack of motivation for Kansas? Because they played great. You know, like it was funny. They came out tough, faded a little bit, and then they came out and closed on senior night against Texas Tech. But to me, Texas got to show me something. They are definitely better at home,
0: though. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, have been magnificent at home this year. And, I mean, they play more defense than a typical Texas team recently. They're Mm -hmm. 27th-ranked. Uh, I think that there is some good revenge angle here as well. And uh, Marcus Carr has certainly been carrying this team from a scoring angle along with his cohort, Timmy Allen. So I'm going to play Texas in this game.
1: Lay the points, huh? All right, let's lay the points with Texas. I mean, we're living dangerously with these home teams, not. But um, no, I think so too. I, 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 You know, I will say this, and you know, Whitney's going to listen to this and going to be mad at me. As good as you know, they, look, this keeps winning. Mm-hmm. Good for them. I haven't been overly impressed though. You know, it's like you watch these games and they're nipped tough games. I mean, besides coming back against Baylor where they smashed them, a lot of these games are tight. I mean, they should have maybe lost to West Virginia. That was another game that I didn't mention that came down to the wire. So we'll see. That you know, everybody's saying they should be the number one overall seed coming out of the Big 12, and I agree it's the toughest conference. But I don't know. I don't think they had as much talent as they did last year. I agree. Oh, yeah, sorry, Whitney. Uh Okay, so the next one is in the ACC. Pitt is going to Miami. Uh, this is a – I'm sorry, the Kansas game was 4 o'clock Eastern. The Pitt-Miami game is 7 o'clock Eastern. This is the battle for first place in the ACC. Now, Pitt, I think they've gotten off the bubble, even though they're winning the ACC poor, poor Pitt. They're having a great year. Jeff Capel's doing a great job there. They're showing up as a five-point dog on the road against Miami, who, again – I like Miami a lot. I wrote about him in the Oracle. The downside is this team isn't a great defensive team again. Mm-hmm. And if Pitt can – five seems like too much to me. probably – I don't know. I mean, I like Miami, but what do you think? Five points too much? And uh,
0: let's see. This game is at Miami, right?
1: Yeah, it's at Miami.
0: So in the first meeting this season, Miami pulled out a road victory at Pittsburgh, 71-68. So I think, yep. you know – the home and away here, the numbers probably looks about right, according to what Ken Palm has. And, um, you know, both teams shot really well from the three-point line, over 40% for both Miami and Pittsburgh in the first game. But I'd, I'm just not really sold on Pittsburgh, to be honest with you. Yeah. And no, I know. Uh, going on the road to Miami, I think, is a tough spot to try to uh, get first place in the ACC. I think we're going to have a focused Canes team here after the loss last weekend. And uh, I'm going to probably back Miami in this game.
1: Okay. And, and newsflash, Pitt just lost at Notre Dame, who Ouch. stinks. Ouch. So that was a chance for them to kind of have a game up going into this one. So they would have had a share of the title, but now it's their plan for the title, even though Virginia could still sneak in there in mm-hmm. 14-5. So um, Okay, well, I'll back Miami, even though I, I may be a little reticent. But uh, I probably would do the over in this game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because I don't know. These teams don't play a lot of defense from what I can see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let me get you a number here.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I didn't write that down for action. It's on my phone because the show (laughs) notes.
0: Miami and Pittsburgh here should be close to the top, maybe. Oh, Ken Palm doesn't like it, 157. Over. big number. It is a big number, but Pittsburgh, not exactly a stout defensive team either.
1: Well, they gave up 88 points to Notre Dame tonight. I like the pick. Uh, which is not good. Um, but, hey, I mean, that's a coach that's getting fired at Notre Dame, and they're still beating Pitt. So to your point. All right, let's go to the next one. UConn at Villanova. Um, that's a 7.30 Eastern game, a p.m. Eastern game. UConn has kind of turned the corner. They started off great this season. Sucked in the early conference play. Now they're back to playing pretty good. Villanova's kind of, you know, okay. They haven't really done what they needed to do. Can you back UConn on the road at Nova? Um, no. No.
0: I, uh, that- I. This is like the ultimate revenge spot. Uh, last week in December of this season, they went on the road to uh, Connecticut and this was when they were without their star, Justin Moore, who has been injured for mm-hmm. a good chunk of the season. Well, he returned in like late January, early February. And since then, they have now won six out of the last seven games. And if I were a team in like the eight, nine, 10 range and had to face off against Villanova and the NCAA tournament, if they. I don't think they're going to sneak in, but if they somehow win this Big East tournament and they get in the NCAA tournament, they are super dangerous, and I, I am definitely going to be back in Villanova in this spot at home, catching points. If it is five, I'll be surprised, but I would buy this all the way down to like a plus two or plus three. I mm. think this is a smash spot, smash spot for
1: Villanova. Wow, smash spot for this guy. Okay. I mean, we are backing all home teams, just so you know. Eh, so far, it happens been the trend okay so um here's a question arizona back on the card again arizona ucla um this is 10 o'clock eastern action i know ucla is completely up first place in in the pac-12 but i think they're playing for seeding. i mean i i've seen this team play your guy jaime haquez i know he's not your guy johnny Juzang was your guy but jaime was there a couple of years ago He's really good closing. They've got a great team. I think they're better than, I mean, right now they still have Purdue in the the one line on most of the stuff. I don't agree with that personally. I think UCLA's playing for the one. So seven seems like a lot of points, but UCLA defends. This team really defends. So unless there's a motivational angle, I'd probably back the home team again. And plus seven seems like a big number. I think it would probably be lower than that, but you're taking uh, Arizona in this one, right?
0: No, I don't I don't think I can back Arizona, but the total really jumps out at me. Ken Pond projecting a 79-72 final. Oh. That's 151 points. I don't think there's any way that UCLA allows this game to get, to get to 151. So I'm playing the under here.
1: 51, that's the official play. So stay away from the side and let's do the total. I like that. Yep. But I'm telling you, Mick Cronin and your guys, man, I'm telling you,
0: they're going to be tough. I think they
1: end up as the two seed in your Purdue one seed, and well, you're going to see them.
0: That's just rude. I think that, honestly, UCLA is not a good matchup for Purdue. I mean, vice versa. I think that UCLA does not have the tools to play tough against Purdue. The team that's going to beat Purdue is going to be the athletic team who can get up and down the floor like in Arkansas or Alabama. I don't think
1: UCLA could beat Purdue. Okay, we'll save that for later in March, everybody, when we get that head. Book it. All right, so on Sunday, uh, really the last day of the regular season for everybody, Houston is going to Memphis. This is a 12 o'clock noon uh, Eastern time spot. Is this a, a Memphis revenge spot? Uh, they did cover the number last time when they were at Houston, but it was more like 12, so you're showing it as six points. I mean, Houston could be, theoretically, the number one overall seed. I mean, they Certainly have earned it. They've played really well. Memphis is safely in the tournament right now, assuming they don't fall on their face in the AC tournament. So, I don't know, six points? I kind of like Memphis here, buddy.
0: No, I'm taking the Houston Cougars again. The defense is just too much. I mean, mm-hmm. is you tell me, based on the bracket projections, are the Memphis Tigers looking in or looking out at this point?
1: They're in. Okay. They're in. Yeah, they're like an eight or nine seed. All right. You know, they're not like a terrible team. I mean, they're they're right in the mix. Um, you know, they still could be bubbled out. I mean, you know, they don't they're not a lock if they lose to SMU on Thursday, and then lose to Houston, and then let's say lose in the first or second round of AAC, they'll probably be out. But they got 22 wins. They're pretty good ball club. The only you know, lately, the only teams they lose to is Houston. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're safely in. There's a lot of mediocre teams in the ACC and Big I still can't believe Wisconsin's getting loved to be in the tournament. I <laughs> I can't believe it. You know, they're eight and ten in the conference, but whatever. So, all right, so we're on opposite sides there. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. put that as an opposite side. Let's see if I can bounce back this week against yeah. you.
0: We can talk about uh-huh. uh, the Big Ten's chances in the tournament in two weeks, but
1: I oh. think they're not good. The same as the Mountain West again, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, last game, Michigan at Indiana. This is at 4.30 Eastern on Sunday. Michigan's a four-point dog at Indiana. Michigan is squarely on the bubble. Like, they've, I've seen them in and I've seen them out. Depends on who's put them in. They've played their way in. They do have a better conference record than the aforementioned Wisconsin Badgers, who I don't think should be in, but some people have them in. Um, I don't know. Are they getting healthy? They're playing a little bit better. So what are you thinking? You thinking Indiana at home, or you're taking the, you know, getting, taking the points with uh, Michigan?
0: Well, uh, before last night, I was certainly <laughs> eyeing. Uh, I had Michigan circled before the game last night. I'll admit, but um, definitely a huge game for Michigan. Uh, they do have a game tomorrow night on the road in Champaign. And I think that uh, if I were Coach Howard and lining up my week, I would probably be focused on that one more so than the game on Sunday in Bloomington. But uh, they certainly have revenge on their minds Sunday. But I think given the context of the loss last night, uh, Coach Woodson of the Hoosiers was supremely pissed. And I I got Mm -hmm. a strong feeling that it's going to be a long week for the Indiana Hoosiers through practice the rest of the week and I think they're going to come out spitting fire on Sunday and just blow Michigan out of the water. So I'm going to back okay. the Bears. I'll probably look at the over in this game as well.
1: All right. Let's see. So you're saying so – I mean, they, they beat them 62-61 at Michigan, four points. So this is going to be their, their coming out party. Michigan has won three in a row. Um, all right. I'll go on with Indiana, but it's the last time I'm backing them, buddy, because I, I I fell into this trap with Indy, with Iowa last year. Yeah. <laughs> I was all, hey, after that Purdue one I'm like, damn, I even put them in the article. They, they they could get to Houston, get to the Final Four. I don't know, man. <laughs> Too consistent
0: A few of my family members may have booked plane tickets to Houston on Saturday night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I hope they didn't buy the tickets yet. Those are not cheap. Refundable. Refundable. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, just to review this week, we like USC getting a point at home against Arizona Thursday. We like Texas laying two at home on Saturday against Kansas Miami laying five against Pitt um, on Saturday as well. Villanova getting five at home against UConn. Uh, we like the under 151 in the Arizona-UCLA. Wait, did you say yeah, under UCLA um, Arizona game? That's at UCLA on Saturday night. We're going to split on Houston and Memphis on Sunday. Memphis getting six and Houston laying the six. And then lastly, we're all over Indiana, minus four against Michigan on uh, Sunday afternoon. looks like you also like the over, 148. Yeah, 148 per camp, huh? There you go. All right. See, action just on the fly head and stuff below it. Okay. Well, that wraps up college basketball. It uh, looks like you've got – you're mentioning a golf tournament. You're still getting us ready for the Masters at some point. Uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hills. So what do, you, what do you got for us?
0: Well uh... – Last week was kind of an off week, the Honda Classic in uh, Palm, somewhere in Miami region. (laughs) But this week is another elevated event. They're going to the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is at Bay Hill. And uh, like 45 of the top 50 golfers in the world are going to be participating in this event. So it's going to be really fun to watch. Super excited for it. But... Having said that, like with so many of the top favorites in this pool, it's really hard to carve out some value because you've got like John Rahm and Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and Patrick Cantlay who are all at odds less of 10 to 1. So, I mean, picking a long shot in this tournament is not something I would recommend. Certainly would look for somebody like in the top 30 or 40 on the odds board. I've done a little bit of listening and research this week and heard a lot of people tipping Matthew Fitzpatrick, who is the Englishman who won the U.S. Open last year. He lives in Florida, and he has historically performed really well in this event, and I think that you could find him in somewhere in the 35 to 40 to 1 range. So we'll be looking for some Matthew Fitzpatrick plays, but at this point, that's probably my only pick this week.
1: Gotcha. And that's just when the tournament do... You have any matchups to get just some of those big, big guys you would put them against matchup wise?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly would look for Matthew Fitzpatrick in matchups. Also, going to be interested in like a top 10 or a top five price as well, just to see, you know, hedge off a little bit on the bigger price to win the tournament.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, we already mentioned in action two weeks from today, rolling those bones, winning some cash. Paris, look out, move that table to the correct position. Uh, We're ready for you, and uh, as I mentioned, one of my buddies will be out there. We'll see some other friendly faces that are ready to enjoy ourselves. We'll be at Stadium Swim on Thursday the 16th for all day. I have to check in with Prime if he changes light or not, but we're ready to, you know, catch some sun, watch some games. Maybe, you know, I know action will be in that blackjack area underneath the the shaded space. I know that's just one of your spots.
0: We might have to bring... uh... A winter coat and some pants. I've heard recently that it's been like the 30s in Las Vegas. Uh, just looking I mean, at I've the 10-day right it's now. It's snow in
1: Las Vegas and in, uh, like, L.A. last weekend. But let's take a look. Let's take a look at what it is. Oh, Vegas. Uh, balmy 41 degrees today. <laughs> It's gonna pick up. Don't worry. Don't worry. Right. We'll, we'll bring. First of all, the pool is heated at Stadium Swim. I don't know, if you know that. So I've heard it is heated. So we can be in the pool. Which last year, if you remember, we were using the towels as as blankets to stay warm until the sun came over the the rise there. But um, and we have the VIP chairs this year, so I'm not as concerned. We have to be out there at like seven in the morning. You know, pick they're not open at seven, but as soon as they open at eight, eight thirty, we should yeah. be there rolling red right at nine or whenever the tip offs are and get our picks in. So
0: Yeah. It looks like a week from Friday, high of fifty seven. So we've got another seven, six, seven days before we're actually gonna be there, so we'll keep our fingers
1: crossed. Warm up those hands, bring those hand warmers. Um yeah, so that'll be exciting. And then um I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean obviously Gonna get after it here this weekend. Is there any plans you have this weekend? Or
0: big golf show here this weekend Ooh. in Novi. I'm gonna be hitting that, looking for a new golf bag. And nice. um, we, let's see, not this weekend, but next. There's a uh, Purdue night at the Pistons game. The Pacers are in town, and so we got a couple okay. of tickets. There's a pregame little like hors d'oeuvres happy hour, and then we get a chance to meet Jade and Ivy. And there's oh. a promise of autographs so i'm looking forward to that should be very exciting
1: there you go there you go i would i would say it's a big weekend not sure yet we'll see i may have a visitor may not we'll see if they come in yeah. or not uh could be a wild weekend could be nothing i've just been kind of rolling with it got volleyball on saturday and sunday trying to get in shape actually and try not to kind to burn off this winter fat that accumulated yeah. below the belt or above the belt here um but uh we'll see we'll be there ready to go and yeah, looking forward to uh, having a good time out there.
0: Yeah. So. Gotta get the stadium swim bod ready to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm doing my best, actually. I'm not like you. I'm not keto stevo. So <laughs> All right. Well follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and Side Action Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram.
0: And follow me on Twitter at thirty one Roberts.
1: All right, everybody. Enjoy the weekend.
0: That's a wrap for this episode of the side action podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.